Welcome to episode 16 of the Swift Teacher Podcast. One lesson at a time towards... Swift World Domination. Joining us today, I'm really excited for this uh, truly international interview. Uh, today, joining us are Joe Moretti, Anders Randler, and Daniel Budd. They are the authors of the recently released Swift Playgrounds in the Classroom Multi-Touch book, and they've agreed to come on and talk about the, their book. Uh, Joe Moretti is an ADE from Bristol, UK. He is currently working as a technology integration consultant and specializes in music technology. Anders Radler, Randler is an ADE from Gotland, Sweden. He is currently working as the head teacher of maths at, I'm not even going to try and say, it starts with a W. And he also, he also teaches math at the University of Uppsala uh, in the Gotland campus in Sweden. And Daniel Budd, who we've talked to before, is an ADE from Perth, Western Australia. He is currently working as the Director of Learning Technologies for Corpus Christi College and specializes in STEM education. Hey, before we get started, Andlers, uh, can you, what, how do you pronounce where you teach? <laughs> it's Visby. So it's Visby Gymnasium. So, I mean, that's the Swedish word basically for upper secondary school. Sorry. Okay. okay, so I'm just <laughs> going to go with upper secondary school. And, yeah, that's um, fine. <laughs> I used to teach math in the U.S. We don't make it plural, but I understand everybody else in the world does. So, what, <laughs> how, in whatever order you guys want to go, and why don't you tell us a little bit about your, your, what you do, what you teach, and where you work. Daniel, you want to go first? Yeah, no, no, no problem. So, um, I mean, a few of your listeners would have heard my story before, so I'll keep mine, mine fairly brief. Uh, but as you mentioned, I'm in Perth, Western Australia. Um, I teach computer science um, in general. At the moment, I'm focusing on the, the lower end, uh, trying to build some capacity within my teachers um, so we can sort of carry on a little bit more. And then next year, I'll be uh, moving to a bit more senior so I can extend those students who already have a, a good basis in, in SWIFT. Outstanding. Anders, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Well, I'm Anders Randler and I'm from Visby, Gotland, Sweden, a little island out in the Baltic Sea. Um, I teach mainly mathematics, but lately has been a bit more coding and also I'm an ICT pedagogue at my school and, and, and uh, traveling around and teaching some, I mean, teaching ICT to teachers with focus on Apple ecosystem. Um, so right now I've started out with uh, app development uh, material from Apple with a group and is good but it's not easy because uh, students are on so many different levels so I'm struggling a bit with getting them into kind of like the same level but that's kind of hard. Well, I'm doing the best I can, <laughs> basically. I'm sure you are. I, I feel like we come from a similar background, and I taught math, and, and then I've moved into teaching programming. So Yeah, yeah. Joe, you are our uh, most veteran ADE here, so please introduce yourself. Mm, and Yes, I'm a music specialist, music technology specialist, but I rarely get to do that these days. That's kind of a small percentage, maybe eight or nine countries fairly regularly. Um, from the Middle East to South Africa, across to um, a, lot of, a lot in the North Finland, etc. 
and particularly in the last three years there's been a massive growth in the uh, interest and the use of uh, iPad for coding and the most uh, particularly in the last year with Swift Playgrounds which is how this project developed so I feel the, the, the least qualified next to these two regarding coding they're, they're absolute ex-code and uh, Swift specialists um, and I've come, come I've snuck in the back door on, the, on their coattails uh, learning as much as I can well, I think just like with students, this is new time for all of us in, in teaching and that we're all learning and, and becoming programmers and developers and computer science teachers at, this, at our own levels. So, mm. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So each one of you, how did you start your journey into teaching coding? Daniel, I know you used to be a programmer, right? Yeah, so I, I used to work in web development um, and graphic design, so really my passion's in, in more of the graphic design, um, but yeah, coding was sort of a product of that, so it's my sort of background, and then I moved into teaching later on. Joe, you wanted to jump right in? Well, yes, because um, when I started teaching, which is way before you, all of you guys, the, um, the spectrum in the BBCB was how we got into coding, and I started literally the very first week of my teaching in 82 with those devices, um, and I was fascinated that, that it was uh, it was emerging into the classroom, and it emerged very rapidly, obviously, with the BUCB, and then jumped forward a whole lot of years to, um, in England, we decided to, to integrate coding into the curriculum, taking out of being a specialist subject, which I think frightened a lot of teachers, but there was so much stuff already there. Um, I wrote a book, which is, which is free, but it, it basically, it was a summary of every single app that was available for the iPad to look at com um, computational thinking. Um, so it came from there, really. Yeah, and, and um, I mean, as a math teacher, you kind of, people kind of think that you have to be a coder, but I didn't really get into code until, like, I'd say, like, 10 years ago, and then mainly through, through Adobe Flash, actually, and following that, um, that line into the bitter end, basically, when, when it ended a couple of years ago. And then I haven't coded much until actually uh, Swift Playground were released. And that really made me happy kind of thing, because, I mean, I realized at once that this is going to make such a big difference. Um, being able to use that both with the students and the, the teachers. So that's, that really made a difference and, and made me going. So I started out reading lots of books and stuff and, and yeah, so that's it basically for me. But Anders, you've, um, I don't think that noises me, whatever that is, that you've really managed to get uh, into high level and, and make a connection, taking Swift Playgrounds through to some of the high level computing that secondary requires, haven't you? Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually struggling myself because, I mean, um, as I think Daniel know, some of my questions, they, they show, they kind of, <laughs> uh, yeah, they, um, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to, to get to the higher levels, but because of the fact that I I'm, I'm don't have that much experience, Sometimes it's hard, but I've last uh, last autumn I put some really some effort into it, and I read a lot, and I really tried to get into it, and well, that paid off a bit. I think I think that's the beauty of Swift, though, that everyone's sort of starting from 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 scratch, um, 
sort of two years, three years ago when the programming language came out, everyone's starting from the beginning. So we're all, we're all learning together. We're all building these resources and, uh, and getting amongst it. And that's why I think it's sort of bringing everyone together as a, as a part of a community, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that great discussion. I, I do, I think Daniel's right in that, you know, we're all starting this together and, and coming along. And if there's something you don't understand, they're actually keep changing the language. So maybe they'll change it to something that's a little more easily understood. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I think we lost Joe, but, um, yeah. What is your favorite part of teaching coding? So my, my, my love comes from, um, from building resources. I think building interesting, interesting tasks. I also love that, uh, I'm not, I'm not teaching students for a future career. I'm, I'm teaching them for what they can achieve now. So I'm, I'm telling my students that what I'm, what I'm teaching you now, you can go and build out an, an app and, and publish it now. You don't have to wait till you've gone to university and then growing up another six years and then you go to business school. You know, you're, you, you can use these, these tasks now and put yourself through college or not go to college if you so choose. For me, it's um, because of the fact that I have this math focus, I think it's, um, I do love when I'm able to connect those two. I mean, uh, actually using the, the, the coding to like, like just another way of looking at maths, um, the logic and everything. I, that is really something I do love to use with the students. And, and also, um, the lately the, the best thing I, I know is actually taking a few teachers that have never ever coded before and and show them how to do it and and see the the joy they actually express when they when they get it the basics i mean because it's that is really so nice to see the the yeah the basic joy of it yeah i find that really rewarding we were uh just doing algorithms before i left and i said who loves math and of course, I got a lot of groans, uh, but I said, <laughs> I said, if you want to do this, there's huge potential because the, I think one of the largest areas of growth and development is, is machine learning and, and AI. So they have a great potential, but they, they have, to, have to be good at math. So Anders, I, I totally agree with you. Where did the idea for the Swift Playgrounds and the Classroom Multi-Touch book come from? Well, here Joe should really be <laughs> in the discussion because it it started out in the spring. Uh, I don't know exactly when, but I think it was like in Mars or March or April or something when out of the blue, Joe just connected with me and uh, said, "Let's let's do a book. Let's write a book." This is this is really important. We have to help the teachers to find stuff. And I was like, yeah, but <laughs> I'm not sure we'll be able to do that. So but I said, I think we should uh, ask another one, another really skilled person. So I said, let's ask Daniel. So that was the way it started out. So, so um, Anders and I had sort of been communicating um, when yeah. I released my my uh, geometry book and we're doing some back and forth and he was asking questions mm -hmm. uh, and he he was trying to convert my my geometry playground into uh, Xcode for, um, for, his, for his classes so mm -hmm. I think it's quite exciting that we sort of developed this relationship back and forth asking questions and then uh, yeah, all of a sudden we 
we managed to Skype. So I think this is the first time we've, uh, or the second time we've actually ever spoken, and we've we've certainly never met each other, which is quite exciting. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's always Institute next year, right? And that's like one of the yeah yeah, yeah, yeah awesome. one of the really powerful things about being part of the AD community is that you do get all these international connections uh, with uh, with other teachers. I know I've spoken to Carlos Garcia Garcia from Spain and Carlos Suarez from Mexico and worked with them a little bit. And and so Joe's idea is fantastic. The book I love your book for many teachers who you know, have reached out to me is like, well, where do I get started? And what do I do? This book is the perfect blueprint for them. Yeah, I think that's what we were trying to sort of um, get is, is ask some of those, those questions, which we hear every time we're, we're presenting at workshops and with our own mm. staff, uh, we get continual sort of questions. Like, for example, you know, which robot do we pick? What's the best robot? Um, so answering those sort of questions and giving people a little bit of guidance of, uh, you know, where, where to, dive in yeah definitely i now we know the origin of the book just individually what were you hoping to accomplish with it what are your goals for the book well that's a hard one but i mean like daniel said to be able to actually spread the word basically how to start i mean there's there's plenty of extremely good material but if you don't know your way around from the beginning it's really i mean it must be really hard for for the teachers out there to actually kind of, I mean, um, know where to start. I mean, obviously, depending on where you are when it comes to coding, uh, you can start on different levels. But I mean, it's, I think of it like some, some kind of index of what you could do. So like a start point, read the book, and then you basically probably will know where to start and where to go. Hopefully, <laughs> or at least we hope. We hope so. <laughs> yeah. From uh, can you guys hear me? By the way, now. Yes. Yeah. yeah we're great. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, from my <laughs> point of view, and when I first spoke to Anders, um, I mean, I've come uh, the chapter particularly on accessories, and hmm. for me, the, the there's a great uh, wealth of material in Learn to Code one, two, and three. Um, and one of the dangers, and I don't know if you've touched on this, is that you can literally go through all those chapters and no reference outside of that and i was so pleased when the accessories chapter uh, was mm. was introduced and then improved and uh, connecting to you know, drones etc um so for me it was looking towards trying to get the connections from various chapters and learn to code across to the accessories and making and constructing a curriculum that that's kind of really cohesive and uh, introduces things like functions at the correct time uh, and I see, hopefully, a sort of scaffolded process with learning resources, teaching plans, that sort of thing. But uh, kind of takes up with what Anders just said, um, uh, gives some sort of signposting to teachers that are inexperienced with stuff and making those connections because they're so new to it. Uh, we've literally just opened the, 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 the door to the first step, I think, really. Well, I think you're being modest. I think you've done more than that. Um... There's there is so much good stuff in there. I like how you are connecting the robots. Evidently, that must be a British thing, because uh, Dr. Nicholas Utrum on the last couple episodes was talking about how he wants an apple pie and he really likes to work with the third party accessory things. Uh, I don't know. Is that a British obsession, Joe? I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't 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 blame us. Um, uh, I think a lot of us have been playing with um, Parrot and Spiro for a number of years through things like Tickle and Tinker. Um, so when we saw 
that integration with Swift Playgrounds, we just jumped on it because it, it, it's it's making the curriculum hang together to create something that's really robust and embedding the 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 concepts and drilling them down kind of more deeply. Um, there's there's too much of an approach that says I have an app and and it's kind of this app and that's it. And there's far more to be gained with the integration of this stuff, uh, with a lot of thought being being put behind it. And that's kind of what we're we're trying to do at the moment. Hmm. Is that is that that kind of accurate? What do you think, uh, Daniel and Anders? Yeah, 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 yeah I agree. I'd, yeah, I exactly. I mean, it, the thing is, I, I mean, I've done a few like everyone can code seminars lately, and and it's amazing. But you can talk and talk and talk, and you can be really funny and and everything. But is when you start off the mambo, the parrot drone, everyone just just gets excited. So it's the connection between the code and the physical world around you. Mm -hmm. That is that is amazing. That is the thing that gets both adult people and kids going, I think. Yeah. Funny how you can get a room full of nerds together and they all love the toys. Yeah. yeah make, <laughs> make a drone slip and they... <laughs> yeah. You know, I yeah. I've, I've seen, seen, some I've seen a lot of new to this doing that, yeah. Sorry, go on. I've seen a lot of success moving, because uh, I was in an all-boys school before and I've now moved to co-ed. Uh, and I've seen getting a lot of the girls into into programming through these tangible uh, activities. Mm. Um, I'm seeing a big draw when mm -hmm. they can actually um, control something and see see a bit more purpose there. Um, and it's been fantastic to see as well. Mm. So, what has been your what is your favorite part of the book? Actually, for <laughs> me, for me, I have to say, I mean, of course, the, the accessories they are great, but. Um, well, I mean, the normal thing is when you see something that you all, that you almost know a bit about, but not really, that is the part where you go like, yeah, I want to learn more. So the, the part that where Daniel describes how to actually make really, really good playground books, not just playgrounds, because I've been doing that for a while uh, in Xcode, but I mean, the playground books, the format that you have to have to really get the best out of it on the iPad. I'm going to dig into that. Yeah, so I was really, yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> so I love that part. <laughs> yeah, me too. So, I, so I enjoyed the, the, the part on music. Music's an area, it's my sort of blind side that I, I don't spend much time in. So um, I'm quite inspired by, by what um, Joe sort of added to that and, and exploring um, the Skrug and, uh, and how we can sort of use that in special Skoog. education as well. Skrug, Skrug. Skrug. It's getting near Christmas. Scrooge, yeah. It's not, it's Skrug. Yeah. 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 That's an amazing toy. It's an amazing toy, isn't it? I mean, it's this yeah. multi-touch thing that can actually mm. not just make sound, but if you want to fly the Parrot drone and code that in Swift Playgrounds from the Skrug, you can control height, uh, elevation, uh, the turning, all from the Skrug. Uh, that's going to come in the next update, by the way, that particular playground. Okay, so, uh, because I, really, I, I yeah. saw that, I read that, mm. and I thought, gosh, I'm going to do that. But, I mean, that yeah. sounded really exciting. Yeah, that's mm. going to come yeah. in the next update. I'm just going up to speak, speak to them in Edinburgh again. They're an amazing company. They're really uh, okay. very forward-thinking. They're real geeks, and they are also musicians. I mean, just fantastic combination. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, yeah, lovely. But I agree with Anders, by the way. Uh, what's been missing for now for two years is an approachable... Uh, process to creating your own playgrounds and the idea that teachers create that as a resource for different concepts and other subjects or maths or whatever and then make them freely available that would be really cool to include uh, to include that in a future update i gotta tell you my favorite part besides just i think 
some teachers are intimidated even in the Swift Playgrounds app. So I really like how you guys take the, took the time to lay out all the specific points in the Swift Playground apps. But when you talk about the Lego EV3, that's, you had me there. Uh, I teach at a career tech high school and we have an engineering uh, program. And uh, I was really excited to see this and I was excited to share it with, um, with our engineering teacher. Yeah, Lego really, really pushed the boat out there, didn't they? I mean, we, we were kind of quite, um, Daniel said, so let's be really honest about the quality of the accessories and, and their playgrounds. And I was a bit hesitant, but I think Lego really have kind of set the benchmark on how they've put that together and the, and, and the scaffolding of the knowledge has been thought, I'm sure they've used the teacher. Or the, I mean, Lego is great with education anyway, but um, I'd like to see other playgrounds doing the same, same detail and the same care. Yeah, I think I think what's fantastic about the EV3 is how extendable it is. That you can use it in 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 the higher levels and the younger levels. Uh, and and what I'm working on at the moment is a lot of projects around design thinking, and we can really build in some of those interesting projects, which I think um, will really benefit students. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's almost kind of that CBL thing. When they get to that point where they start saying. Mm -hmm okay, this is what we were doing now, can you come up with a real-world uh, initiative or setting that you could think of for yourself as a, an extension activity? That was great. What has been most surprising to you in teaching Swift or in authoring this book? Time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spot on. Yeah, that's, yeah. And, I mean, this isn't really something you should say, but, I mean, the fact that you you write stuff and you say stuff and then you realize, no, I shouldn't say it that way. I mean, I've been, te I've been a teacher since basically the Stone Age, so I should know, but <laughs> no, still, <laughs> I have to read my own stuff a few times Me to realize too, yeah. the way, yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking about you two looking over my shoulder, and I keep going, no, that's not good enough. <laughs> that's not going to be good enough. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so I, I think um, what, I've, what I've loved about this is the is it's really highlighted the ADE community. I think um, it's a fantastic thing that wouldn't have happened without the community and just the ability to, to work with, you know, two highly accomplished educators and, and collaborate online, I think it's been fantastic. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is exactly the thing Peter Ford in Europe has been talking about lots and lots. And, and, and I mean, I've been sitting there just nodding and saying, yeah, that's a good thing, but that won't happen. And then, then you called me, Joe. So I mean, mm. that was that was such a great thing. And and then Daniel and everything. I mean, I, I do love this. It's so fun. And it's an interesting as a community, exciting. isn't it? Somebody said to me last week. I think it was Lindsay Wegner in, 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 in Cape Town, and she said, you know, the the ADA badge is such a valuable thing because they got that process right. So many of us think so similarly. Um, mm -hmm. You know that if you're working with an ADE, you're working with somebody who's really passionate about learning. Um, but it's been great. I have to say, uh, it has been great to, to, to start on this. I had no idea it was going to go to, to where, it, where, it, where it has gone, really. Nah. I mean, we go on about the amount of work that Daniel's done, but Daniel, you've done a phenomenal job pulling all of this together. Really. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. I mean... I, I mean, sometimes when I when I find something and I think, oh, I have to tell Daniel about this, and I kind of hesitate because I mean, I'm telling you so much things that you have to change, and then 
not one more. Oh, but still, I have to say it. So. <laughs> I have found that many of the good ideas have been made so much better by support of others in the community. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. And, I get, and there are so many interesting connections for me to talk to uh, to make a podcast, which is helpful. <laughs> it's amazing how, how quickly this community is growing. And, um, you know, the, even you look at the Slack channel and the, and the Facebook group and, and, and how quickly that's growing with teachers at all levels. And I think um, it's really opening an avenue to, to make teachers feel more comfortable coding, which is, which is fantastic. How have your students responded to learning Swift? I mean, I've been last last year. I tried the um, the intro to app development with a group of students that weren't really into coding at all because they they actually expected some kind of design course when it um, designing interfaces. And but I thought, well, why not try this? Because I mean, Xcode in the simplest form is actually. Um, designing interfaces. So I really did it the, the simplest possible way with them. And they kind of loved it because they didn't think that they were into coding, but in the end they were kind of. So that was great. And this year I'm doing the the, the more, uh, the r- real app development course. And uh, of course that's quite another story with much more code and stuff. And I haven't haven't gone that far yet, so I can say that much. But like I said at the beginning, it's kind of difficult with the different levels. But in the end, I think it'll work out good because, I mean, the material is great. That's really interesting that they expected a design course, got into the coding, and they really found that it was really enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, obviously, I didn't, I didn't force them into really complicated stuff. I, I mean, in the end, in that course, the, in the end... You do this... It's called, it's called just that, paper, rock, scissors, yeah. No, paper, rock, scissors, yeah, right. So, <laughs> and, and they, they actually um, made it a bit better with adding Lizard and Spock, of course. So, <laughs> <laughs> some, some of the kids couldn't resist the fact that that is so much more fun to play. So, anyway... Uh, to answer that question, just kind of briefly, um, because I tend to deliver Swift Playgrounds uh, up to about uh, the functions chapter and very quickly introduce the accessories in a very specific order, um, I think I go to SPRK Plus first of all and then on to, to Parrot. Um, it, it, it's quite varied and, and, and so far I haven't found a class and any student of any level, it tends to be upper primary, who does, does not just absolutely love it because you've got every element of kind of blended learning that you want from talking theoretically to trying out stuff, working with others, you name it, and then making something fly across the classroom and pick up a Lego man. They, they just lose their minds. They really do. Um, and if you do it right, all the elements that you want from the other parts of your curriculum with uh, numeracy, they're there, but they're just totally integrated and they're totally into it. So uh, I haven't found a, a class that hasn't just absolutely wanted to spend a whole afternoon just carrying on with it. You know, mm. Great resource, really. It's, uh, last time I spoke to you, you Brian, I uh, just implemented our compulsory coding courses. So now we're at the end of our academic year because we work in a, a calendar year rather than your, uh, your system. Um, and now we've got all our, our year eights looking to pick their electives. And we managed to get a third of the cohort uh, of 200 students to, um, 
choosing to, to continue with coding. So I think that's pretty exciting. We've got mixed numbers of boys and girls. Uh, and we've also successfully ran three coding camps as well, uh, half boys, half girls with some other schools, and, and, and that's been complementing our, our program. So we're finding a massive uptake and, and retention of students who are, who are wanting to continue to code. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's almost like you've given them a little taste of something and then word spreads and then more and more want to get involved. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. We're really building a culture of, um, of nerds, so it's good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we ha- I have a lot of listeners from all around the world, and they're, if they're thinking about starting um, to teach coding or programming with Swift, what suggestions would you have for those individual teachers of the districts? Read our book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my, my advice would be um, start small. Uh, you could start with a little club. You could start with an after-school activity. You could start with one lesson. It doesn't have to be a whole school approach <laughs> straight away. Nerd. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, just, just, just start to build capacity and build some success stories and then go from there. That would be my advice. Um, yeah, regardless of the joke about read our book, I would be, in, say, introduce the, the process of... Um, Recording what you do with screenshots using something like Book Creator, Creator Portfolio. Um, one of the dangers of Swift Playgrounds is it's it's there and the, the, the kids can literally run ahead with it, which is great. But let them get too far. You won't know what they've done, what they've covered, what they've succeeded in, what they haven't succeeded in. Um, so get them to document um, and, cre- and document their journey uh, from the very early days as part of the practice of what they do so that they can reflect back on it and give you something tangible that you can see into what they're doing. Um, Swift Playgrounds mm-hmm. and, and iOS 11 in general will, record, will create a, a video of any of the playgrounds that you create or that you're working with. And short videos are just brilliant way of communicating what you've done. Yeah, I, you know, I know that you were just being glib, Joe, and that was a little joke. But honestly, now if I were to, out advising schools, I would say start with your book. Take a look at it because it'll give you a nice overview so that you can plan out your year and really have a good basis for a programming course, CS course for the year. I would, I would say one more thing <laughs> because, um, because I've been struggling in high school with the fact that we don't, we don't have iPads to start out with. And as you know, I mean, I've been, I've been doing stuff with, uh, in Xcode, the playgrounds you can do there. I mean, of course you can do stuff, but I wouldn't say not by far uh, that uh, appetizing that you can do if you have an iPad. So I've been trying to get my headmasters to understand the fact that we need to buy for our students like um, a few iPads that so that you have something to start with. Because when you've got started, it's easy to go go into Xcode and do those things that is a bit more advanced. But, I mean, to start out in Xcode, that is hard. <laughs> yes, I mean, it is. Really. So, uh, and that kind of kills the, the creativity a bit. At least right now. Because, I mean, it might be the fact that... Mm. that we people like me and other people they, they tend to i mean like make more material for xcode but we won't get even close to the the stuff you have an ipad i think it's a, a strange how that sort of flipped uh now where it used to be that the ipad was so so limited but now schools are sort of pining over the uh, over over getting an ipad over having a 
a lab. I think it's it's interesting how that's changed. And I suppose, mm. yeah. Uh, you know, you think about Fraser Spears, you must be you must be loving that he's back to the right horse there. <laughs> and I I agree. It is. It's not. I'm very fortunate in that, and we can start with iPad and we have Max. But uh, yeah, I, the iPad is definitely the place to start now. I think um, for most students in their coding journeys. Where can people find you and your work online? They'll have to travel to Gotland. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice place to be, but. No, um, I don't have any kind of like fancy site or something, not yet at least, so, but I have a few things on YouTube, so that's just searching my name on YouTube, um, most, or at least half of it is, I mean, obviously in Swedish, so that won't be of much help, but a few things are in English, and of course my, my Twitter channel, of course, um, and the new book, and I've actually done... <laughs> This has nothing to do with this, but being a math geek, I have to say this, <laughs> I've done this uh, project with my students. So if you're into Euclidean geometry, you can search for Euclidean geometry in my name. So that's a book when, where me and my students have actually made like a textbook about Euclidean geometry. It's like, I'd say like upper secondary or basic university level kind of thing. So it's fun. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so I'm on, I'm on Twitter uh, as uh, all of us are. Um, so we've got our, our, our Twitter tags are in the book as well. So if you if you find the book, uh, well, our details are in there. Uh, I've got my website danielbud.com.au, uh, and I'm also on iTunes U and in the iBook Store if you if you search for my work. So I've got a couple of courses in there. Uh, and I'm on Twitter Joe underscore Moretti M O R E W T I. Only one R. Um, my website is intuitionuk.co.uk. Um, I've got a number of apps on the App Store. Um, if you're looking to create graphic adventure games, the Adventure Creator Pro is a, is coding meets um, literacy work. Um, but there are a couple of other apps on there as well. I do a lot with them. Um, iBeacons is my other passion. iBeacons and murder mysteries um, uh, is, is something. Uh, I'm really keen on, so you should be able to find me through through one of those one of those two. That's really interesting. Yeah, I find iBeacons. Uh, I love them. We just upgraded our wireless system, and all of our access points now have iBeacons in them. And with and with Jamf is our MDM. I can customize the settings for each teacher for test days and specific days. So yeah, the iBeacon technology is really, really fat, really interesting, and um, a great area for growth, especially for schools. Well, there is a free book, another one called iBeacon Projects, um, that's on on the on the bookstore that I wrote. But uh, um, using the the locally sandbox free app, but I've moved on to locally native because the pro app allows you to easily sort of push and uh, cache the data to your device. So it's the idea of proximity relevant information. I just find really exciting. Me too. All right. Well, thanks everybody for all three of you for joining me. I really thank you for your time. Your book is fantastic. It is called Swift Playgrounds in the Classroom and is just released in the iBook store. So launch the iBook app and you can search for Swift Playgrounds in the Classroom. And if you're out there and you're just starting to teach Swift Playgrounds or thinking about starting to teach, this book is the place to start. It'll lay uh, out your entire course for you and really is uh, an exceptional resource. So thank you, gentlemen, for creating it. And I, I want to thank you for your time. This was a great discussion. I'm really pleased with it. 
If you'd like to find the show notes for today's episode, you can find them over at swiftteacher.org slash podcast. And don't forget, you can join us over on the Swift Teacher Slack team by going to swiftteacher.me and join in on all the great conversation going on. So thanks for joining me today, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks yeah, yeah thanks us. very much. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. 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 Time to get Swifty. Swifty.